Welcome back to Just for Farmers. Yet again, I'm with the FFSent. That's a big word for this time of the day. Paul Harris. Hi, Paul. How are you doing? Good, good day. I wouldn't say good morning because it depends what time people listen to. But I'm as effervescent as always, David. Good to no, see you. No, no pressure now. Effervescence. That's what we want. <laughs> um, we've talked about the interview process. We alluded to some ideas around how to interview people more effectively, having that structure, remembering to press pause and plan properly so that you know what you want and need from an employee and how to interview them properly to hopefully get the employee you deserve and you can be the employer that your team deserve. Um, just a couple of points on that before we go into today's session is I've got a friend called Jeff Ram. He's a speaker, and he talks about customer service and marketing. And he, he's got this wonderful analogy called celebrity service. Now, Paul, if I was to ask you, who is your your biggest hero, idol? If if they were to walk into your office right now, you'd go, oh, and you just couldn't wait to meet them, who would it be? My hero idol would be Paul Weller. Paul Weller of the Jam and Style Council. Right. Okay. Let's just say, for the, for the farmers listening and watching this, um, let's just say it's King Charles or Jeremy Clarkson, or indeed it it could be uh, Paul Weller or uh, Christine Brinkley or who it doesn't matter who it is, it's your idol. Yeah. Now, if they were coming to visit your farm, you'd uh, probably you'd probably have a shower. Yeah. You know, you'd, you'd you might even comb your hair. You might wash the the landy down. You might uh, you might sweep the yard a little bit or fix that sign that Paul was on about last time at the end of the drive. Now you would make a few changes for the better, and yet don't your team, your customers, your suppliers, anybody coming to your farm, don't they deserve to be treated like that celebrity and given that level of service as well? because that's when you're going to get the most out of people. So just just consider how do you treat people honestly and be honest with yourself. David, that's uh, such a good question to start this session this morning because I think it also illustrates, um, because we're talking a lot at the moment because you're, you're talking to me about you know, people on a farm and the people side of farm, it's a real illustration of where perhaps in the industry it's changing and it's improving where people have sat in terms of their level of importance, because if we say, well, farming's a dirty job, and it is at times, we don't need, therefore, to provide them decent facilities to sit and have a cup of coffee because they're just dirty. Whereas, actually, if Prince Charles was coming, and he does, Prince Charles, can't call him that now, can we? King Charles is coming King. to visit your farm you would make sure that he's not going to be walking through slurry when he wants to sit and have a cup of coffee. Yeah. So I think that's a really good start place is, is, is where we position people, how we, where we see our people and our team in our level of importance. Do we see them as our celebrities? What a great question. Do you see your team as the celebrities on your farm or do you actually say, no, it's the cows? Now, of course, the cows, if you're a livestock farmer or the sheep or the hens or the chickens, they are the, maybe the engine room of your farm. But who are the real celebrities? It is your people. So, uh, yeah, whether it's your broken sign or it's just how you look at your farm, your celebrities coming today, how do we impress them? Great question. Absolutely. And, and one final thought for my two penneth on Paul's interview process is if you've got a 
let's just say someone of middle age coming for an interview, young middle age, ask them questions to see how open to change they are. Ask them a question that says, can you remember a time where you thought you were right and someone else had a different perspective and you changed your mind? Or are you a closed thinker? And for young people, the opposite is true. Can you can you give me an example where you were open to learn something you didn't think you could learn or wanted to learn? So make sure you're asking questions around the skill set you're looking for. So you get an asset rather than a liability as an employee. Excellent. And I think, David, I'd love to talk to you a bit more today about young people, because I think bringing young people into farming is one of the long-term solutions that we've got to address as an industry. How do we attract young people? We talked about this in a couple of sessions ago a little bit, but I think you work a lot with young people. You do a lot of work with schools. You speak in schools um, about, you know, the the, the big goals and and making progress and inspiring young people. So your insight, I think, into the mindset of young people and what they're thinking about as they're leaving education, how can we as farmers tap into that? So what would you say were some of the things that farmers need to first of all consider maybe about their attitude towards young people um, uh, in your experience? Tell us a bit about about that. Thanks, Paul. Um, Yeah, I've I've worked with an awful lot of young adults, (laughs) ranging from teenagers up to mid-20-somethings. Uh, as well as working in the corporate world with leaders. And young people, every generation have their own quirks. When we were kids, you know, can you remember your parents or grandparents saying, oh, kids of today? (laughs) We're all different. Every generation has its abilities, eccentricities, pluses and challenges. And ever since the end of the Second World War, there haven't really been such a long period in history where nothing major and colossal has happened. And yet, 2019, we had the lockdown, we had the COVID virus, and you guys had to carry on. Mm. You, You guys had to fight through it, somehow deal with it logistically, and make farming happen, because the world depends upon you. However, for young people, put it this way, When we were kids, if there was a problem, something major happened, we would look to our parents and watch them to see how we should be reacting. During lockdown, kids looked to us and we were just as scared as they were. Mm, We got stressed. We were in lockdown too. We didn't know how to react. And so young people, a lot of them, not all of them, I am generalizing it, but many of them, withdrew into themselves Mm. some of them didn't leave the house at all some of them never spoke to a human being outside of their family unit for months and months on end so there's a thing at the moment about us calling them the snowflake generation and you know yeah everything's got to be fluffy or oh everything goes wrong and it's very easy for us to say that but actually They've just dealt with it in the way that human beings do, which was to shut down. Mm. Now, what are the consequences to us as employers of that? They haven't put their hand up in class because they haven't had the confidence. They haven't been challenged to 
put themselves in stressful situations of examinations like previous generations. They, they have not learned that you ask for help. They've learned that when things get difficult, you walk away or you shut down or you withdraw. So we have got a very unusual generation about to enter the workplace and farmers belt up and buckle up and get comfy because it's going to be a rocky ride. Mm -hmm. There are plenty of positives. They are the most gifted, talented, intelligent generation in history. They've got more resource, the technology. They've got skills in abundance and an intellect that that generation never has. The problem is they're not showing us it because they're scared. They're lacking in confidence. Now, you'll always get your extremes. You know, you know, you know, there are far more uber talented individuals who are confident and you've you've got far more really withdrawn kids. But the massive pool in the middle are typically just quite withdrawn into themselves and desperately lacking confidence and self-esteem. So what sort of mindset? do we need to have as farmers then towards this generation? You talked about, and we do hear this word regularly used, the snowflake generation or generation X and generation Z, and we're all, we're all given labels. But how is, if, if we want to think about encouraging these, um, let's talk about the middle section, you know, the ones that are maybe scared and haven't got some of maybe the social skills that we would have had because they missed out on that. But what's yeah. the mindset that we need as farmers towards that generation? This this is a deep one, Paul, because we've got to do two things. We've got to both understand that they are different and then accept it. Yeah, but David... And there's a chasm there. Yeah, but the thing is, David, I'm uh, accepting that they all they want to do is be on their phones. They want to be on Facebook all the time. They want to... Yeah, they've got these electronic devices and they just want to just be on... Oh, it drives me by me because every time I look at them, I'm, this is, I'm saying this is as an angry farmer that gets frustrated with the fact that they're so reliant because all of their communication is through this electronic device. They don't know to how to pick up the phone and have a conversation or go down the pub because during that period, that was the only way they could contact people. So now they're addicted to their phones. How do we, how do we deal with that as farmers that need them to focus and work? Work, work with it. Work with it. Now, it, sometimes phones are essential pieces of kit on a farm. If you know, they, I, I guarantee, if you were to ask young people to research an app that could make your farm more profitable and effective, they'll find one. Yeah, yeah. And, and they do. You know, how, how many times have farmers' lives been saved in the field because they had a phone and could ring for help mm. when there was a problem? Yeah, and all you can either embrace it and work with it, or fight it fight it they'll walk so that's, you've got to have clear advice. boundaries, such clear boundaries. Can, and i think there are countless examples i've got now where farming clients are working with young people and they're moving to apps whether it's timekeeping apps whether it's whatsapp for group communication and often the barrier to that for us of the maybe older generation is we don't know where to start so maybe we should just ask a young person if they've got an idea <laughs> Paul, 100% involve them. That's They are desperate to be involved. They're desperate to learn. They are desperate for you to show them how and tell them why the job you're asking them to do is important. So, you mentioned why there, David. Why is it important to talk about the why? 
Uh-huh. Okay. Let's start start at the very beginning. Are you sitting comfortably, Paul? Um, <laughs> so our generation and our fathers and our grandfathers and parents, a lot of them were intellectually driven. Their IQ, logic-based thought processes. Because of what's happened to this generation, they are more emotionally driven, EQ. Right. Now, human beings in a natural state are more emotionally driven than intellectually driven. It's just that we adapted because of pushing emotions down after the First and Second World War. Generations came home from the war, didn't talk about it, pushed feelings down. And we learned, especially here in the UK, that that's the way you behave. You don't talk about feelings, you push them down. Particularly for, men, yeah? particularly for men, particularly for men, and particularly in industries like farmers, which is a fairly masculine industry and environment. And so, but how's that worked? How has it served us? What's, well, we know, how, what's we, happening now? Yeah, we know right now that the mental health situation in farming, yeah. partly to do with the environmental aspects, so it can be quite lonely, but there is, you know, real concern, I think, in the industry about the level of poor mental health is that are you saying that's partly because we as men we haven't talked about this yeah yeah absolutely and and i'm not suggesting for one minute that you should have on a monday morning at eight o'clock before you over your coffee have a therapy session with a box of tissues in the middle of the room i'm not suggesting that what i am suggesting is we don't just understand that this generation are different we accept it and perhaps consider that part of them might be right Yes. (laughs) So work with them. Yeah. One of the things that often gets criticised by farmers to this next generation is they don't want to work as hard. They don't want to do the 60, 80, 100 hours a week. That's why they're often referred to as snowflake. They want to have time off. They want to be able to have see their friends at weekends. So so how do we deal with that? Because uh, are we wrong? Are they right? What's what's the situation with that? Well, if. To use your analogy, let's press pause and plan. <clears throat> what if, what what is right for you to work yourself into the ground mm-hmm. for an, an average wage or for you to work hard, sensibly, for a given amount of time and have time off to do things you want to do in life? Yeah, it's no good farmer saying, well, you're a, you're a snowflake because you don't work 100 hours if you then in the next breath in the pub on a Sunday lunchtime are moaning about the fact that you haven't had a holiday in 10 years. Yes. We've got to work with what's true here. <laughs> so if what is true is that the truth is somewhere in the middle, maybe we don't need to work hard as hard. Yes, maybe younger generation do need to realise what's involved in a manual job of working on a farm if mm-hmm. they're going to work in that industry. But a farmer needs to understand that they are emotionally driven. And if they are not feeling valued, if it if if they don't think that something is fair, if it if they're not feeling satisfied or included, they'll walk. The included one is really important. I think I think coming back to the education system, you know, I think the modern education system is much more inclusive than perhaps when some of us were educated. You were sort of told to sit in the back of the class, listen to what the teacher said and write it down. Whereas I think the impression perhaps would be now this generation has much more of a voice 
in its education process and during school, whether that's right or wrong or better or worse is for a debate for the day. But yeah, yeah. so you said about being included. Why do young people want to have a voice? Why do they want to be heard? Because they sense injustice in the world. And because they're emotionally driven, they don't like unfairness and right. injustice. They want everything to be right and as it should be. And so a farmer can use this when working with young people. So don't just tell them what to do. It's important you do three things. You tell them what you want them to do. You demonstrate alongside them how you want them to do it. And then the third bit, which hooks them emotionally, is tell them the why. What's the purpose for doing this job? So if milking or if tilling the soil or if drilling the holes and seeding has to be done in a very specific way, don't just tell them what and show them how. Tell them why. Show them the consequences of when it's done right. Show them some consequences of when it's done wrong and the impact that has on everything in the farming process through to industry, through to the food on your plate. And if people emotionally buy into that, they'll walk through walls for you. Napoleon Bonaparte famously once said that, you know, I give my men a ribbon and they will die for me. Why? Because they believed in the cause. They knew the why. And if you get a team, and Paul, I don't know if you've ever had the privilege of working in a team um, where Everybody just believed in that leader and the cause. They knew why we were doing what we did. They actually enjoyed working longer hours. They enjoyed working hard. They'd fight for each other. They'd party together. They'd, and that literally was like a family unit, which farms are very good at anyway. What we're now saying is take it to the next level. You're absolutely right. Do you know what? When you said that, like often you, when you and I are, are talking here, we trigger things is the word you use and just triggered a memory. The happiest time of my career, my entire working career, uh, and I doubt with anybody listening will be part of that, was in the early stages of my career. I worked for, in the 1980s, a company that made wallpaper. Now, at right. the time, <laughs> there was a, a program called Changing Rooms that was ripping off the wallpaper and painting yeah. the walls of various yeah. paintings. Lawrence Loem Bowen and people like that. The industry was devastated. So the industry was contracting, market was shrinking, and yet we had a Dunkirk spirit amongst us working in the industry at that time. It was really, really tough. You, you, success was holding on to your position in the market, was maintaining your level of sales. And I was working in sales and marketing. But you're so right that we understood we were all together. We knew why we were doing what we were doing and how passionate we were about it. Um, and I still look back on that as one of the best parts of my career from a team perspective. We understood the why. It was partly, it was survival. It was, wasn't even growth particularly. Yeah, yeah. Market share. How do I survive on my farm? How does my farm survive all the hassle that's coming towards us? Because we had a really powerful why. And we know there's a great book, don't we? And a great speaker that talks about it starts with why. A guy called Simon Sinek. Great book. Look it up. Look up on, video, uh, on YouTube. His whole ethos, isn't it, Dave, is when you're talking about building a great team. And what you're saying, I think, is particularly important for young people is they've got to understand the why. They, they, they want to feel included. They want to feel part of something, a cause, a movement. You know, so so let them be part of your cause, your movement. You know, I I 
are you genuinely passionate about what leaves your farm and the impact it has on the world? Mm-hmm. Are you passionate about what you're doing on the farm, whether you're diversifying into an attraction farm, whether you're diversifying into hydroponics, whether you're whether you're turning it into a fruit farm and filling your fields with polytunnels and and the, it doesn't matter what you're doing. Are you are you passionate about what you're doing? If so, include them in that. Include them in it. So the what is show them. Mm-hmm. The, the how is get them to help you doing it and then you help them doing it. And the why is just supporting them to be part of your mission. So as if they, because if they buy into it, they'll walk through walls for you. Absolutely walk through walls. So just remind us again, why is this important for this next generation that are coming through into our industry? Why, why is it so important to talk about the why? Almost, I haven't got time, David. I'm too busy. I just need them to come in and do the job. Why have I got to spend all this time talking about why? Because they do not have the same values. And I'm very careful on the language I'm using there. It's not that their values are worse or better. They are different to ours. So we respected authority. We were brought up to, you trust the politician, you you cowtailed to the, and dib hat to the policeman, and you respect your elders. Young people today are looking at what our generation have done to the world and going, why on earth would we respect you? Mm, good point. So they don't necessarily put their money in banks. They don't save for a rainy day. They don't, because they'll go, I could die tomorrow. You know, you guys have ruined the world. The world's dying. So I might as well live for today. And so if they don't emotionally feel good, feel included, feel satisfied and as if things are fair and just, they won't moan about it for three years and then leave in a grumpy state. They will just get up and go and find another job. This is really important. This is so interesting, David, in your work with the young people is really helpful, I think, for us to think as farmers about this this generation. Because the other thing I often get told when I'm working with my clients, my farming clients, is the problem with this generation, want everything now. They want to be the herd manager tomorrow. They want to be chief tractor driver, having done it for six months. Why won't they just spend this time? So what is it that you think about this generation that has got this sort of time time poor sense almost is that this impatience is it because everything's so just easily accessible or is it because they are living for today what is it do you think that is making the young people so impatient in in my opinion it's it's a bit of both yes they're used to getting what they want very quickly because that's what the world is creating these days but but also they have expectations so a a good example okay so i want i know i want to be what was the word you used i want to be head of herd manager or head tractor herd manager and i want to be herd manager within the year now most farmers will go whoa 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 whoa, slow down you've got no experience you know you got maybe in 10 years time well consider this um there's a guy and i'm desperately trying to remember his name to give him credit but i heard this guy speak and he'd gone and spent time with the maasai tribes in africa and he noticed that they almost reversed responsibilities. The elders sat around talking and eating and drinking, and yet the young kids 
were given the responsibility, and when I say young kids, I mean under the age of 10, were given the responsibility of the greatest asset of the tribe, the, the, the cattle and the crops. And eventually he, he said, "How? why do you trust kids with the most valuable asset? taking them out where lions can get them or you mm-hmm. know, managing the crops. What if they don't do it properly? He says, well, we show them how to do it and we tell them the importance to the tribe and their survival. Oh, so they know why. They know what, how, and why they must do it right. So they do it. Is it then what's the – just sticking with the tribe for a second, I'm not sure the guy said this, but – what's the consequence for getting it right and getting it wrong? So I think, and let's particularly focus on what's the consequence of getting it right, because often in farming, we focus very much on the consequence of getting it wrong and therefore we don't trust people. But what's the consequence do you think to those young children in the tribe of getting it right? Is it respect? Is it the growth? What What's the benefit to them of getting it right? Well, in, in the African tribes, the values are around family. Everything is around family and survival. You know, we, we think short-term, he's thinking months ahead. To them, it's, are we eating tonight? Mm. Mm. And so everything is about survival, one of our primary motivational instincts in the world, to survive. Um, and so they absolutely get the importance of what they do. And so because of that, they do it right even though they're young children. So why can't that apprentice in one year's time be head of, head of the herd or the lead tractor driver or head, head of the farm? What, if they're good enough, intelligent enough, hardworking enough and able enough to learn and take on information and prove, demonstrate they can apply it under the right supervision, why not? Well, I mean, I think we talk about um, one of the classic examples of what you're talking about here outside of farming. For those that know football in the UK, Alex Ferguson was, very, I hope I get this quote right, was once quoted about saying, if you're, if, uh, if you're good enough, you're old enough. When he had the young, the, the Beckhams and the Nevilles and the gigs in the team, and there was a question, you, you, I think it was of another pundit said something you're never with anything with kids i think it was alan hansen said you're never with anything with, with anything with kids and of course they went on to be the most successful manchester united team of all time so i think the the, the mindset which is where i was coming back to with the farmer is are we spending enough time with all of our staff let alone the young people talking about their contribution to the whole and not just to the whole of the farm if you're coming on to the farm and you're feeding the nation that's very different to I'm driving a tractor or I'm milking a cow. And do you think for this generation, we need to spend maybe more time than we have with previous generations talking about how they're contributing, not only to the, the farm itself, but to the wider environment, the impact yeah. they're having on the environment, perhaps? Are these some of the hot buttons we could use for young Which- people? Which many of them are well into as well. You know, they're big into the environment and sustainability, fairness. You know, so so yeah, include them in that and ask for their ideas. Now, if you're going to ask for their ideas to make them feel included, something really important. I'm not saying this about everyone. I'm saying this about me, a grumpy middle-aged man. Okay. If someone comes up with an idea, I'm tempted to go, well, that's ridiculous. That can't work because 
if you do that to a young person, a teenager or an early 20 something in your workplace, they'll switch off and disengage. So don't just say, no, that's ridiculous. That won't work. Say, okay, let's, let's look at why that could or maybe couldn't or shouldn't work. So show them the consequences, get them to understand why it might work, in which case winner or why it might not work, in which case, okay, look at it a bit deeper, come back to me if you think it could work when you've thought it through more. But that don't is, just dismiss people. That's such an important piece of advice. And if I can swing it all the way back to personality styles, one of the personality styles, what we refer to as the adventurer, and often there are quite a lot of these in farming, a lot of young men and young women um, have, have uh, at school didn't quite fit into the very linear logical form of education because they were more creative, they were more um, uh, practical, hands-on type youngsters they are from the ones that come up with the ideas the geniuses the challenge is we will often think as the middle-aged grumpy man <laughs> that we've done that we've tried that before and we very quickly will dismiss the ideas of somebody now if, if it's part of their makeup to come up with lots of ideas it can be absolutely soul-destroying to have those those ideas dismissed so one of the things that i often say is if somebody is in your farm they're a young person they seem to be full of ideas there's a very simple question you can ask them very simple question or a very simple statement or suggestion which is that is fantastic what a really interesting idea even if you know you've tried it before and it doesn't work so praise first for the fact that we even come up with the idea because many people won't then what you can then say, and particularly if they are this adventurer personality style, tell you what, go and work that up a little bit more. Like you just said, David, go and work that up a little bit more. Give it a bit more thought. Come back and we'll sit down and have a cup of tea and we'll talk about it. Now, for many young people that have 10 ideas a day, <laughs> by the time they've gone back to think about it, they thought, you know what, I probably won't work. I'll do a bit of research. I'll check on YouTube, do a bit of Googling. Probably not. But if they come back with that one idea, just one idea a year yeah. Yeah. It could be transformational for our businesses. And if we shut down the other nine, we won't get to the 10th. So it's about not, it's not about discouraging people, young people with their thoughts or, or their questions. I find that a lot of young people have quite deep. So why do we do that? Why do we do it that way? Why do we and, call and it? listen to the language there that you're right. They do. And they'll, they'll say, why, why, why do we call it a crush? Why do you put the animal in that situation? Why can't we do it? Well, look, 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 just, 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 you you worry about what you're doing. Let me worry about, no, 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 listen to them because their perspective on life and the world is different to ours. And the richness that that can bring in terms of ideas and creativity to our businesses, we could so easily shut it down, couldn't we, David, where we just don't hear those ideas because we've dismissed it too quickly. A great positive point to end on because, as you, as you say, it only takes one idea to either make more profit or save more money and make a massive impact on that farm. So if you can give us one last tip, David, one last thought, key thought, if we're going to engage with young people, if we're going to include them in our businesses and build our businesses around the next generation coming in, whatever you want to call them, whether they're Generation Z, whatever it might be, what would be the one last thought you would want to leave with farmers today about working with young people? I, I cannot stress enough. It's no good just understanding they're different. You've got to accept it and work with what's true. Work with them, 
because they have the potential to change our world in a way never seen before since the Industrial Revolution. They've got everything they need apart from our belief, confidence, and time for them. Work with them. Brilliant. Thanks, David. Really great advice. And I hope that those listening today, you know, begin to look at the young people out of their uh, out of our industry, but also, also those working in it, maybe with a different set of eyes today. Fantastic. Paul, thank you very much for some intuitive questions there and effervescent. Nice. So let's press pause and they come back in a short while. <laughs> 